0: Coming up on today's Locked On Senators, we made it to the top of Tier 4. We've got two new members of the Ottawa Senators and a bounce-back candidate on today's Organizational Value Rankings.
1: And Jake Sanderson's contract extension forced us to move our Central Citizen from Wednesday to Friday. But it's here, today's citizen, is Jacob Wolpert.
0: All that's coming up on today's edition of the Locked On Senators Podcast. It's your team every day. Welcome inside episode 870 of the Locked On Senators Podcast. I'm Ross Levitan on the outskirts of enemy territory in Winnipeg, Manitoba. Alongside Brandon Piller up in the Blue Mountains, we have to let you know today's episode brought to you by FanDuel. The FanDuel Sportsbook is the official sportsbook of Locked On. You can make every moment more right now. New customers can bet $5 and get 200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get started today. A reminder, you can also subscribe wherever you download your podcasts. We're available on YouTube and on social media at Send Central on Twitter, LockedOn.Senators on Instagram. Today is Friday, September 8th and Pilsy. I'm feeling good this Friday because it's the last Friday where I won't see Senators jerseys flying around the ice.
1: Yeah, it's coming up. The rookie tournament in Buffalo is just a week away. And Ross, we were talking before the show. We're so excited to see this roster. Just like, just give me rosters. Give me sense players' names on lists. And uh, I'm all good. I just want to get closer and closer to that opening day of the season.
0: Need line combinations. Yes. Overreacting, all of that. We expect the top dogs to be at the rookie tournament. Tyler Boucher, Zach Estabchuk. Tyler Clevin, we're unsure how everything else is going to fit in. But one kind of annoying a- uh, part of all this is that college kids are not allowed to attend. They're not allowed to miss classes. What's up with that? We go here to play hockey, not play school. Hey, that's, uh, play, that, that guy actually went to Ohio State. Who was that? That quarterback that said that?
1: Oh, uh, I don't remember. But that does sound like a classic college uh, student athlete. It's, uh, it's an all-time tweet here it is yeah yeah ohio state university
0: cardell jones the tweet why should we have to go to class if we came here to play football all caps football we ain't come to play school classes are pointless
1: <laughs>
0: just do it online i would like uh Stephen halliday to copy paste that tweet and let's get you to the rookie tournament but all joking aside it's, it's great to see the senators making their way back to Ottawa. We saw yesterday at Lulim's Martian was at the uh, CTC, got to meet Michael and Lauer. I actually thought the vlog was good. So if you want to go see all the new oh, yeah. food and everything, go check that out, Martian media on YouTube. But when we go to the uh, in depth of what was said, there turns out that the players asked for the ice to be in early. So we saw this last year though, like everyone coming to town early, there is a legitimate excitement around the players for this team. And, Gosh, if I'm praying for one thing, it's please get off to a hot
1: start. Yeah, I'm really hoping to start. Uh, well, it's not so much the start, Ross, as it is November. Yeah, because they had a five-game winning streak pretty early last year. They were four, four and two after that home stretch last year. So if they can repeat that and then just be not god-awful terrible in November, I think things could look up for them.
0: Well, a lot of the players we're going to get to today are going to have a huge part of that. Because goaltending wins championships. You know that as a goalie-friendly show. But we also have two new guys to get to on today's organizational value ranking. So we're going to get to those first, then get to our Send Central citizen to wrap up today's show. And then we'll let you know what our plans are for next week at the end of today's show. But coming in at number 14 on our organizational value rankings in 2023, making his debut in this spot, it's Artem
1: Zoo, the right shot defenseman
0: fresh off his four-year extension.
1: Zoomie, Zoomie, as uh, Pierre Dorian would say. Um, But yeah, Artem Zoom, this is is right around the sweet spot for him, I think, uh, with that new extension. It's going to be interesting to see how things go for him. Not exactly the type of year he wanted last year, but... I'm willing to give him uh, some leniency as it was an injury riddled season and especially like the broken jaw thing, like, man, like sure you can skate around with a bubble cage on and that's all fine. But like your day to day life would just be tough, like drinking food through a straw for days on end. Like it just, it would be tough to have your body at peak physical performance. So, and then, I think there was a lower body injury he had as well later on in the season. So he only ends up playing about 53 games. So I'm willing to give Zub a a pass on last year. 53 games, three goals, seven assists, plus two. But Zub's not really a guy. He's one of those defensemen. You're not looking at the points to decide whether he's been successful or not. I think the toughest thing for me, Ross, is the defensive pair of Artem Zub and Thomas Shabbat With Nikita Zaitsev gone, that was what we were finally begging for, and I think eye test and analytically, it just fell flat for me. Like, it didn't seem to quite work. I'm not saying it was terrible, but it certainly wasn't great, so I think it's going to be nice to see a switch-up of Chikrin going with Shabbat and Zub going with Sanderson.
0: Yeah, and you look at the opportunity that that Zub will give Sanderson as well, because I know that Hammonick kind of has that prototypical like defensive frame, but... He's kind of more of an offensive defenseman than anything. Like he likes having the puck on his stick. He likes being able to carry it up. And he loves, loves to take slap shots. With that said, Zub is going to defer more to his partner. In this case, it's great because we're hoping that Sanderson takes that dynamic step forward in his offensive game. And I think Zub's the perfect guy to pair him with. Now, Zub's strong in front of the net. That's never going to be an issue, him battling down low. For him, I I felt he was – He was okay last year. He also took a few penalties that bothered me. Like He he, he found himself shorthanded because of him a little more than I would like. Now, again, in that defensive role, not everybody's going to be Jake Sanderson taking six penalties in uh, 1,500 minutes of, of ice time, but I'd like him to probably cut down a little bit on, on the penalties uh, from last year. That, to me, would be an easy way where he can get back to the defensive stalwart that we know he can be. He's proven it. And let's be let's be fair and honest here. The Senators the last three years have been a bad defensive team. Yes. The fact that in 181 games with the Sens, he's a plus player is mind-blowing to me. He's a plus seven. Like he's got to be one of the only guys who can say that. And I think the sweet spot for him is probably 20 minutes on average last year. It was, it was 21. Then this year it was 20 and 15 seconds. Like, uh, I just think that if you can get him into a situation where he's just killing penalties and getting his rotation as like the fourth, fifth defenseman, like if they're down a goal, I wouldn't even mind if you move Branny up on the right side and try to push for offense and run a, a sanderson Branstrom pair and then have Zoob just as your third pair. He can rotate in uh, as things go. But every team needs a guy like this, Pillsy. And when you don't have one, it's blatantly obvious. So I think that yeah. there's a role for him. It's just did they get maybe a little too excited to give him the four-year term knowing that, hey, maybe the jersey sales will pay off because this guy is an absolute fan favorite and that's not going to change.
1: Yeah, and I, I'm glad you mentioned uh, Sanderson and, and Branny, uh, Ross, as I'm going to continue trumpeting my Branny uh, horn here. Because, look, they only played 32 minutes together, but they had a Corsi 4 percentage of 66.67. So, like you mentioned, if you're looking to bump a little offense up, you can put Branny on that pair with Jake Sanderson just for a little bit. And they can have success. So I think that would be a good idea as well. Last year, he was
0: mostly, this is Artem Zub, was paired with Thomas Shabbat for a a majority of the season, almost 500 minutes of ice time at five on five. The two of them were together, and yeah, they were all right. Now, look at this, though. With them, the shot share was just over 50%, and Zub without Shabbat was down at 42 Yeah. So he really relied on on Shabbat for, for his best minutes last or last year, but also did, did well with Jake Sanderson was above 50% there in the expected goals and all the analytics sh- shone favorably on that. So what is it for you that you need to see out of Artem Zub this upcoming season that will make you kind of breathe a sigh of relief that this four-year contract worth $4.6 million, literally the Zaitsev contract, with I guess last term but Ottawa got him when they had five years left so not really but a long-term deal at 4.6 million dollars what does he have to do to validate that contract
1: I think for Zub it's all about stability like I I would kind of say I want Artem Zub to be this generation's Chris Phillips like I think that would be good for him like he doesn't need to put up big points it's just play those shutdown minutes it's the classic line. If he had, didn't really notice Zub, it's probably a good night for him. He was just making smart, simple plays. And I just hope for his sake, the the health uh, is there for him because he had a couple injuries. And like I said, that broken jaw, like, man, that's that's got to be tough to deal with. So I'm looking for a bounce back season from Zub. And this is going to be big because the Sens are up against the cap here, as we all know. So Zub getting this big deal, he's there's going to be some pressure on him more than in years past.
0: You think the fans could turn on him?
1: I, I don't know. I feel like Zub is like a cult classic. Uh, I'll I'll be honest. I I think I'm lower on Zub than uh, most of the fan base. But again, I need to give him some some leash after that injury riddled season. So I'm willing to start clean here. But I am a little concerned, Ross, that the back half of this contract could be tricky for the Sens.
0: Now, in a in a way that it won't sound as negative, I guess, but like he's only 27 years old. He'll be 24 28 right at the start of the season October 3rd. So he's he's right should be in the prime of his career for the next 4 years, right? Like that 20 to yep. 32 especially as a defensive defenseman where you know your foot speed is is important but top speed maybe isn't as much if he's slowing down by 32, but this should be one of Zub's best years of his career in terms of where he is on the age uh, especially range. if he
1: gets to play with Sanderson. I mean <laughs> Not a lot of excuses uh, to have a bad year if you're with Jake Sanderson. So
0: Artem Zub moved down two spots from 12 to 14 this year. He came in at 11 in our 2021 organizational value rankings. And he was 24th in the inaugural time he made the list back in 2020. Artem Zub signed for four more years. He comes in at number 14 on our organizational value rankings. All right, Pilsy, before we get back to our countdown and our sent central citizen, well, you're listening to Locked On Senators.
1: Today's episode is brought to you by our friends over at FanDuel. Guys, FanDuel is the trusted online sportsbook of the Locked On Podcast Network and North America's number one sportsbook. Now, football season has already kicked off, but... I want to tell you about a fun bet that FanDuel had. It's unfortunately too late now to get on this in on this, but this is the kind of stuff FanDuel always does. So they had, if you bet on a Super Bowl winner, you get bonus bets every time they won in the regular season. So for the large group of people that probably bet the Detroit Lions to win the Super Bowl this year, you would have got a bonus bet uh, uh, from their win over the Kansas City Chiefs in last night's first game. So... That's the kind of fun thing you can expect from FanDuel. Always check out their promo tab on the app. I love the app. It's safe, simple, secure, easy to use. You can use your bonus bets on spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. Ross, I wish I tweeted it out. I forgot to, but my lock of the night was the first opening kick to be a touchback course that hit you just know that kicker's juiced up to just absolutely send it on that kick and that's what he did so those are the kind of props you can find on FanDuel so visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and start earning bonus bets with America's number one sports book that's FanDuel.com slash locked on make every moment more with FanDuel
0: Today's episode is also brought to you by our friends at the Glebe Central Pub. You know we love our friends at the Glebe Central Pub so much so it feels like family every time we walk through the door at 779 Bank Street. Now, this is a perfect location for a pub because it's right next to Lansdowne where you can find Red Blacks football. What else do they have? At the Glebe Central pub this weekend, I'll let you know because we get in contact with them every week and they tell us all the great things that are coming down. The
1: Atletico uh, Ottawa
0: games, those seem to be picking up steam. Man, the
1: about. vibes for those games were wild, Ross. Like people were fired up
0: pre- and post-game for the Red Blacks game on September 16th. So next weekend, pre- and post-game there. The golf tournament is coming up on October 14th. October 14th on September 17th. They're also hosting a darts tournament, so you can sign up that. They're doing a raffle for Landshark Lager. Every purchase comes with a raffle ticket to win a Yeti cooler. You can be among friends. Go check it all out at the Glebe Central Pub. Go find them in the heart of the Glebe, 779 Bank Street, and let them know Locked On Senators sent you. All right, Pilsy. Hey, how about the good news that came out of yesterday? Season seat members, stand up if you are a Senators season seat member because the numbers are astounding. Did you see this, Bilzy? No, hit me. So they are up 35. I don't want to get it wrong, actually. I need to uh, need to make sure, man. Kevin, no, I'll just make,
1: make, make up, a up a number. Make up a number.
0: They're up a 1,000%. Can you believe that? That's it? Can you believe it? They're up 1,000%. <laughs> Hell yeah. No, they're not. But here
1: they are. They are up 35% from last season. Huge, huge. If there's one thing we know on this show, it's math, and that is good math there. Well,
0: I can tell you that the fact 90, 90% of season seed holders
1: renewed from last Ooh. year to this year, it's got to be a good number. Good feeling. The 10% that didn't are Leafs fans that live in Ottawa, and we're like, ah, it's not It's not going to be so much fun to be a Leafs fan here anymore. Uh,
0: not going to be so much fun. No, it's never fun on their way out when Ottawa lets them lets them have it like they did at the home <laughs> opener. By the way, I want to say this now because we're not going to say it in the lead-up to the home opener. When Pillsy and I go to Sens games together since the podcast started, yes. we are 10-0-1. 10-0-1. And sure. when we go separately, they get their ass kicked. Uh,
1: uh, yeah, especially. I, I will literally you can hold me to this for the rest of my life I will never go see the Sens play the Chicago Blackhawks in Chicago ever again never
2: yeah
0: like they the Jets beat Ottawa 5-1 last year when I was there by myself you got pumped when you were in Montreal
1: oh yeah that was bad too yeah
0: yeah so we need to stick together and we will do that you can find us opening weekend and by the way ticket link I'm going to put it in this one ticket link discounted tickets for the sunday game against tampa we sold 55 through our link already was just talking to the ticket guys Uh, so come chill with us just get your discounted tickets why not eh?
1: have we decided where we're gonna sit for that we need to get our tickets don't we
0: yeah well i was a little nervous (laughs) i didn't want to put the cart before the horse but officially officially got the time off work so we will be boots on the ground nice together so let's roll and let's continue rolling on our rankings Coming in at number 13 on our organizational value rankings. It's his first time on the list. First time in the city of Ottawa as a member
1: of the Ottawa Senators. It's Dominic Kubelik. I'm very excited for Dominic Kubelik. I think people are kind of glossing over him with the addition of Terasenko. And I mean, rightfully so. Tarasenko is an all-star player, scored 30 goals multiple times. But Kubelik seems like a guy that he's going to really add some goal scoring threats to that third line now who's going to be on that third line with them remains to be seen that seems to be up in the air but I think this is a guy that I recently or I mean recently as in an hour ago went back and watched his highlights from last season and the puck gets off his stick so quickly he's able to pick his spots on goalies like this guy is a bonafide sniper and uh, I think that Sens fans really should kind of give him some love just like our, our guy Matt Did Our central citizen of a little while ago, Matt said Kublik's going to score at least 30 goals on the third line. So let's hope that comes true. He's done it
0: before. Did it in 2019. Rookie season, he did it. Yeah, and he's one of those guys that came over at age 24. But Pilsy, that doesn't mean that his pedigree didn't start before that.
1: No, he was an absolute stud. In the Swiss league in the NL, Uh, I was mentioning to you, I didn't realize this, but he was a NL most points player. So he had the most points in the league and he won the MVP in that league as well. So this is a guy that uh, he's had success pretty much everywhere he goes. And if you want more recent stats than his Swiss league in 2018, 2019 Ross, how about how he did at the world championship this season?
0: Eight goals in eight games. Pretty impressive, led the entire tournament in goal scoring, had 20 goals this year, but Wings fans were quick to point out. And I mean, we can just go look at it ourselves too. A lot of
1: that scoring came early in the season, Pilsy. Yeah, I've got the numbers here if you want them. So for the first 41 games, he played 81 games total. First 41 games, he had 13 goals and 18 assists for 31 points. So 31 points in 41 games, pretty good. That's a 62-point pace. Uh, the rest of the season math guy, he only had 14 points yeah. for the other 40 games. So that definitely was tough, but also you got to keep in mind the Ottawa Senators basically derailed the Detroit Red Wings season, uh, in the, those back-to-back games close to the deadline. And then they just shipped everyone out. So that team was a dumpster fire for the back half of the season.
0: Yeah, that's fair. But at the start of the season as well, like I know you had a, a longer sample size than this, But he was a point per game in the first 25 games. He had 10 goals, 15 assists in his first 25 games of the season. Just came on on fire. And a big reason for that is the one timer was working. You'll notice quickly in Ottawa, this guy's bread and butter. Is on a stick off his stick, which is great because that creates pucks around the net. And guys like Shane Pinto and guys who uh, make their pay, their uh, make their money right in front of the crease can go out there and get some rebounds if there are any to be had. If it's not in the back of the net, but um, an elite shooter, and he showed it at the World Championships. I'm just curious how much consistency he's going to be able to find. So I hope that it's. I hope obviously that it works out. But the fact that it's one year. I think you're going to get a motivated individual who's playing for his next contract. And he said right when he got traded, he wants to find somewhere he can be long-term. So if they can find a number that works for everyone, that comes later. But right now, it's how can you be as good as you are game one, game 21, game 53, game 68, and game 82. I want him to be as consistent as an arrow. And if that means that he's a 40-point player, 20 goals, maybe like 22 goals, 18 assists, that sort of thing but it's spread equally throughout the year. I would rather that than have him just, unless it's November, if he wants to get hot in November, that would be very nice.
1: Yeah. Honestly, Ross, I, I was going to say, I'm not too concerned if the back half of his season slows down because this team needs someone that dominates in the start of the season. So if he's able to replicate that, that's the thing. There's so many other guys that could pick up the slack later on in the season. And as they get to more meaningful games, things are going to ramp up here. But we need someone that can start off hot. So if he's going to start off hot and cool down, that works for me. And at $2.5 million, like if you get a 20-goal scorer like that, like that's pretty good value. Like I honestly see a scenario, Ross, where Tarasenko plays his year out, ha- has a good year, and then signs a long-ticket free agent deal somewhere else. But the Sens keep Dominic Kubalik. I honestly think that that could be a scenario that works and sign him to like a a nice three-year deal after or something like that. Uh, we Graphics, Ross, I do have to make a quick correction on uh, his salary, one year, 2.5. That's Artem Zub's salary in the corner there on YouTube.
0: You know what's uh, also pretty impressive is that I, that's the first mistake that we've made and we've done how
1: many of these? That's true. We, we, we're usually good for a mistake here or there, but to make it all the way to number 13, that's it pretty was good. Almost,
0: It was almost eerie, right? Like we, we needed
1: this. Yeah, we did. We did. We got to gotta be humbled at some point.
0: No, we absolutely are. And I'm, I'm keeping it up on purpose just so, nice. that we, just so that we can do this. I mean, <laughs> shame me,
1: do what you need. Ross, then... it's it's like the oh. player. Oh, nice. Yeah, it's that's... like the players that after they lose a championship game, they they watch the whole ceremony. They watch it all so that they'll never forget how bad that felt. So Ross yeah. will never forget how bad it felt having Artem Zub's contract up during Dominic Kubelik's graphic. Dominic Kubelik played 81
0: games last year for the Detroit Red Wings. 20 goals, 25 assists, 45 points. Had a minus 15 rating as well. He makes his debut at number 13 on our organizational value rankings. And to you, what's a successful season for uh, I, I
1: got to You got to set the floor at 20 goals. I think we need him to score 20 goals for this team. And uh, honestly, kind of the stat line you threw out, Ross, like 20 goals and 40 points – that that area that ballpark that works for me
0: yeah t- 22 and 18 is what is what we're 22 and 18 equals 40
1: yeah yes it does yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> i'm so confident that i right when i said it, i was like wait yeah <laughs> we did it math guys right here unlocked on, Locked on <laughs> Senators, a silly organizational value ranking but look if he comes in here does his thing it's going to be impressive like 20 to 30. Let's go. Let's get it for him. Dominic Kubili comes in at number 13 on our organizational value rankings. All right, Pilsey Coming in at number 12. We'll do it right after a quick break. And then we've got a tendy. That's the spoiler. We've got our final tendy on our list. And then our Sun Central citizen. That's next. You're listening to Locked on Senators. All right, Bilzy welcome back if you're like hey that was quiet for a second I'm drinking my athletic greens and I want to do an ad read for them so bad but we'll just give them a little shout out shout out athletic greens shout out FanDuel Sportsbook shout out Glebe Central Pub Shawarma Palace and of course our friends at Farm to Fork Delivery. we also have new sponsor alert coming yes. soon. cannot wait to light up this deal all right now all that said welcome back to our Organizational value rankings coming in at number twelve. It's a goalie they took a huge bet on. Five years at four million dollars annually. It's Eunice Corpusallo.
1: Ross, I am cautiously optimistic about Eunice Corpusalo. and I I wish I could just dig down and get positive pillsy only and ha- be on the hype train for Corpusalo, But I do have some concerns, but goal goalies are crazy. Like if anyone tells you they can know for certain whether a goalie is going to be good or bad, they're, they're going on a hunch and they're hoping it works out because it is so difficult to predict goalies, especially when you've got goalies that have been in the league for a while. Uniscorp Salo is 29 years old now, so he's no, he's no spring chicken when it comes to NHL games. He's played over 200 of them. And I think last year was a really good sign though, because you saw he had pretty stable numbers on a terrible, terrible Columbus Blue Jackets team. Then he gets traded to the LA Kings. And for the remainder of the regular season, he was an absolute stud. And then playoffs, he started off hot and then things didn't work out for him later on. in, in the second half of that playoff series, but I do think Corpusalo is the right type of goalie to come in here. I think the Senators needed a 1A type goalie to be a good tandem with Anton Forsberg, who's a great 1B. The days of having a prototypical starter, number one guy, and a traditional backup like that they do like a 60-22 game split, those days are coming to an end. There's maybe five goalies like that in the league that can handle that, but I think for success in the regular season, at least, which is where the Ottawa Centre has got to start when it comes to goaltending, this is a recipe for success.
0: And I like that they're getting a guy who's on the ascent, right? It's not Matt Murray where it's like, oh, we can fix him, or Cam Talbot where it's like, oh, can he replicate last year's numbers now at 35 years old? There were so many question marks about that. Whereas for Corpus Allo, the real question mark is, was last year a sign of things to come? or was his numbers in the previous seasons more indicative of the future performance? Now, I would point to the fact that he finally got a lingering hip issue dealt with, yep. sat out for a while, said, I'm going to get this 100% healed, did, and then he came back, and you can't even use the excuse like, oh, he was on a really good team in L.A., because his numbers at the start of the year with Columbus, the worst defensive team in the league, without their number one defenseman for yeah. the whole season, they they were unbelievable numbers there too. So, if you put it all together, you are hoping that even if it regresses a touch, you are still looking at a good goalie because Corpus Allo between both teams last year had a nine fourteen save percentage during the regular season. The numbers were ridiculous once he got to LA a nine twenty one save percentage in eleven games, but overall thirty nine games, an eighteen fourteen and four record, a two eighty seven goals against, a nine fourteen save percentage, and one shutout. Pillsy. I'm telling you right now, if the goals against and save percentage are identical to what he put up last year, the Sens make the
1: playoffs. Yeah, I agree, especially if uh, health permitting him and Anton Forsberg can... Honestly, they just need to have a little bit better than average seasons. Like, yeah, anything under three goals against and over 9-10 for them and the offensive weapons of this Ottawa Senators team and the better decor they should be able to carry that. So uh, I would say it's not high expectations for them. It's just about consistency. Cause that was the issue last year with Cam Talbot. Like he'd have good games and then you'd have games where he absolutely fell apart. So if we can just get some consistency from both these guys, I'm, I'm stoked about how this looks.
0: I'm extremely excited. Uh, not only to see his gear. Cause we saw our friend Ott and bothered. Great, yep. uh, great handle on Twitter posted that he's got like the, the Ray Emery gold cage. Yeah. It's not like the the Anton Forsberg like matted gold. It's shining. Yeah. It's spectacular. So I'm really excited to see the new setup that Corpusalo is gonna pull out here. Now, when when you look at Corpusalo, like the first thing that comes up, if you remember in the bubble, it was actually the first one of the first games in the bubble. It was game one, Columbus, Tampa. And Eunice Corpusalo made an NHL record for most saves. He didn't just get the record, Pilsey. He absolutely slaughtered the previous record. And it was in a losing effort, sure. But it was a five overtime game. (laughs) Corpusalo made 85 saves. 85 saves. Like can you imagine that's what a goalie makes in four games.
1: Yeah, that's honestly insane. So like you've got a guy that is is a battler he's a warrior he was uh like 85 saves i don't care if you win or lose that game that's pretty damn incredible the previous record
0: was 73 with kelly rudy in 1987 now shesterkin got close in 2022 he made 79 saves but still 85 holds up as the most but five-year contract like that you gotta you gotta pay to get in free agency but typically you're paying on the AAV as well. I think the senators did well in terms of how they navigated this contract negotiation where, yeah, he got his term, but we got a couple questions actually on, on YouTube yesterday being like, Hey, what about Forsberg? He's got two years left. You know, Mads is coming up. What if you like Forsberg? Then you're kind of in a pickle with Corpus Allo, but man, the way Corpus Allo's deal is structured and I don't want to get ahead of myself again here, but it is diving towards the end the last two years are buyout friendly i say in quotations but you hope it doesn't come to that and honestly at a four million aav like that ain't bad i'm actually yeah. really excited to see how this comes up i know fool me once shame on you fool me twice shame on me matt murray camp talbot i know but i'm ready to get hurt again it's a goalie friendly show and i'm dialing it in for Jonas Corpusalo to play 55 games this year. 50 to 55 games, I think, is the sweet spot for him. You get him in the mix, get him comfortable, and get him on a roll, but have Forsberg spot spot him out for like I wouldn't mind too if Forsberg plays three games in a row different times of the year. If he's hot, he's hot. But I think it's ultimately going to work out to about a fifty-five to whatever the rest is split. Thirty something.
1: So last year was Corpusell's most games played with 39. He had 22, 33, 37, 27, 18. So 50 games would be a big ask. I I set my split at, I mean, three games less, but 47, 35. I I think typically you want less than 50 games played for a tandem type team. I was looking at 50 games. There's, I think, if I remember correctly, is right around the 15th most games for goalies last season. Like So the front half played more than 50 and the back half played less than 50. Like the split that uh Ulmark and Swayman had, I think would be what you're trying to do with Forsberg and um I think they went like like it was almost it was almost an even split, but that's because they both just had incredible seasons. So I think if you have a little bit closer 47-35, that works well um and they did have a bit of a split I just looked it up from last
0: year in LA when he got to LA he played 11 games and LA played 19 over that span so it was an 11 to 9 split
1: yeah so I think that's something that would work out just because has never been the number one guy he was always working with Merslekins uh, for most of it at least 11 and 8 split
0: for 19 games math guy
1: There there we go. That's good math there. Speaking of math, uh, I don't want to end this on a a negative note, but this is a stat that kind of put up a red flag for me, Ross. Jonas Corposalo has played 221 NHL games in his career. That's nine years worth of service. In those 221 games, four shutouts. Really? That's not very many shutouts. Now, uh, of course, you got to look at playing for a Columbus Blue Jackets team that has not been very good. It, in fact, they've been quite bad the last couple of seasons. But only four shutouts in 221 games is a little alarming. Yeah, it is. Well,
0: hey, what shutout in a sense debut? <laughs> Up against the Hurricanes. Let's go. Let's do it. All right. That's uh, I almost said Anton his best friend, Anton's best friend, Eunice <laughs> makes his debut on our organizational value rankings at number 12. I know Ali Dez is going to help us out. He's going to get the full list yes. on his, uh, on the YouTube comments. You can also find it on Twitter. We'll put these out as well, but tier four is number 12. Eunice Corpus Allo, followed by Dominic Kubelik, Artem Zub, Eric Branstrom, Anton Forsberg, and Matthew Joseph. That is our NHLers tier. And we've got another, we've got very good NHLers coming up as tier two. But that's tier four on our organizational value rankings. Pilsy, this has been a lot of fun. I'm glad that we finished a week off at the end of a tier. We've got a two-person tier, a three-person tier, and the rest of them right in the middle. Six players are tier two. For the very good NHLers. I want guesses as well. Who do you think is going to be the top 11 is what we're at right now. We've got 11 left, Pilsy, and it's all here. So what do you say we turn our page and get over to our Send Central citizen? Let's do it. Here is Jacob Walpert. All right, we now welcome on this week's Send Central citizen. We are going to the heart of enemy territory in downtown Toronto. Well, nearby to Oakville, we are bringing okay. on Jacob Wolpert. You can follow him on Twitter, at Espresso Rail. Jacob, welcome to Locked On Senators. How are you doing today?
2: I'm good, thanks. Happy to be here.
0: Man, we're happy to have you. And uh, the reason why this came up, obviously we we love having Sen Central citizens from all over, but we actually had met up previously. We were both a part of Sen's Army in downtown Toronto for that Game 7 against Pittsburgh. I'm still not over it. Are you?
2: No, I still have uh, I, I still got flashbacks from that day. Mostly good ones up, up until the end, but oh, it man. was a good time. What,
0: a, what an atmosphere though, eh? To get that many Sens fans together in Toronto.
2: It was, yeah. I've never seen anything like it. Um, I'd actually met my now wife, uh, girlfriend at the time. Uh, it was her first time ever watching a hockey game. She's from Whoa. Brazil and she was completely blown away. And, uh, We've never been able to get back to quite that level uh, yeah. with the Sens, but I'm, I'm hopeful for this upcoming season we'll be able to make some noise again. Yeah,
1: that was a super cool event. I believe it was uh, Red Scarf Union. That was the, the group that set that up to, uh, together. So shout out to them. That was a lot of fun. And yeah, like you said, Jacob, like <laughs> before the the finishing double overtime goal, it was a great event. Like everybody was having a good time. It was the excitement was in the air. We knew the winner of this game was going to go on to play Nashville. Everybody felt great about it, and uh, fortunately, it didn't go the way we would hope. But enough about that. Enough about that. I don't want to hey, talk man, about that I'm anymore. Done. We're done. We're done. Uh, so let's get to how we usually start our Sense Central Citizen. And Jacob, how would you become a Sense fan?
2: So I was actually born in Ottawa, but I nice. grew up as a kid in Toronto. So I was kind of a stinking Leafs fan up until the age of 13 when I moved back to the Ottawa area. Right. And that was uh, exactly the time that the Senators first made the playoffs. So that was great. I, I walked into a ready-made situation that kind of felt like a Golden Knights fan. You know, this is, uh, playoffs <laughs> all the time. This is <laughs> this is a fantastic team. Uh, I'm happy to be part of this. Um, and uh, yeah, never look back.
0: So when they made the playoffs for the first time, that was you know Ron Tugnut jumping into Wade Redden's arms. Who were some of the players right. that uh, that uh, jumped out to you as uh, as your early favorite players with the Sens?
2: Um, definitely Alfie, but you know I was a goalie uh, at least in road hockey growing up. Uh, so Tugnut, nice. Yeah. See you, nice. Uh, uh, I, I guessing you guys were as well, but um, definitely the two goalies that that Ottawa had then, but Tugnut. Uh, was the one that I kind of uh, always admired. Um, he didn't stick around for too long, but yeah, he was what, my first favorite. What did you like about him? Um, <laughs> yeah, I liked his last name. That's the first thing that jumped out of me. It's, <laughs> know, fun to say. Um, but um, no, just the fact that he was able to uh, to share the net, but also um, you know uh, be a kind of calm presence when Ottawa needed him the most. Um, I, I think he was also um, in the net when Ottawa actually won their first round the following year, if I remember correctly. Yep. So, yeah. Yeah, just um, also, a also, calm presence he had.
0: I would say an underrated, and this might be a future Ring of Honor, pill, The best helmets in Sen's history. Tugnut's got the mud splash, so simple but so efficient.
1: Right. <laughs> yeah, Tugnut yeah, definitely was. Uh, was one of those goalies that – was one of the first goalies, the wave of goalies in Sens history that fans latched onto for sure. Now, when you were in Ottawa, did you get out to a lot of games, or
2: I did not. I've actually gone to more Sens games since moving to Toronto than I ever did in <laughs> nice. Ottawa, which is kind of funny. But um, yeah, I, I definitely went to a few out at the uh, the Palladium and then the uh, the Corel Center and then the Canadian Tire Center.
0: What's your best memory watching the Sens in yeah. Toronto? You have a few good good stories. Trying to leave there after a win.
2: Um, yeah, so I've actually never been to a Sens game in Toronto. I've been to some B Sens games, but we've gone to a lot of games in Buffalo.
1: Yeah, okay. that's the that's the play. Yes. Nice.
2: Uh, we they I think they know us there now. We've got our usual seats, and uh, we're like oh, not these guys. Yet.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, awesome. Yeah. Do, do you like being a, a road fan
2: in in a city? I do because you kind of get that, you get that real bonding experience that you might not get with, you know, you go to a home game and everybody's yeah. on the same side, but you know, you've got your little group, your little tribe going down into enemy territory, yep. as you like to say. So uh, yeah, that that's a real special experience for sure. Uh, yeah.
1: yeah I, I like going to Buffalo for games. It's, it's not too far, especially from uh, Oakville. Uh, you're, you're kind of on, on the way to Buffalo there. And I like it after the game, the casino's right there. So if the Sens win, you, you take your winnings from your Sens bets on FanDuel and let them ride at the casino and uh, right. then you just <laughs> spend the night in Buffalo and then hightail it back over the border the next the next morning. So it's okay. definitely a good spot for Sens fans that are living in this area of Ontario to get to. Um, now, I see you got a Sens jersey. Which, uh, which Sens jerseys do you have in your collection?
2: Um, I've got an old school Alfie Jersey from Ooh, I think, uh, nine, like the nineties. Yeah. Well, my mom got it for me just after I moved to Ottawa. So that's nice. uh, probably close to his rookie season Jersey. Uh, and I've got this one. I'm finally going to bite the bullet and get a, a, a black Jersey this year. I almost got a blanket Jersey last year. Oh, kinda, Dodged the bullet yeah, there. the bullet Exactly. <laughs> so, uh, going to go with Tim this year.
0: Okay, nice. nice that's a perfect transition into this year's team. what what are you feeling? How confident are you not only in in the specific players like Timmy or whatnot, but is it playoffs or what?
2: You know I was over excited overconfident last year and we all know how that turned out. this year I'm more quietly confident. there we go. I think we've got the best defense by far we've had since the, the glory yeah. days the mid-2000s. Uh, we've got a healthy Josh Norris. So we've got a one, two, hopefully Pinto signs of one, two, three punch down the middle. Yeah. Um, you know, losing to Brinkett is tough, but you know, um, Kubalik and, uh, and Tarasenko, I think will more than make up for that, that offense that we, uh, that we lost. Still not sold on the coaching. You know, I know the new owner probably wants some time to see how things go before, you know, makes decision one way or another, but I, I think they, that's still their weakness is the behind the bench. Uh, staff but you know uh, if they can actually get off to a good start I think there's nothing but good things for them this year
1: Yeah it's all about the start that's for sure that pesky November always gets them so you mentioned the forward group you mentioned the defense how are we feeling in the crease uh, hashtag goalie friendly show we're all attendees here new big addition Corpus Allo signing a five year deal and then he's with his old buddy from the, the Cleveland Monster days in the AHL Anton Forsberg those who know each other well how are you feeling about this? Do you feel like this is a tandem situation that's going to work and who knows what, who's going to be the, the, the hot guy from night in, night out? Do you think Corpusal is going to be kind of the, the starter and Forsberg's the backup? Or what dynamic do you think will uh, need to happen for these two to have success?
2: Well, I think Corpusal is going to get every opportunity he can to grab that number one job. Um, he's going to start out. In that. Um, and you know, um and Breaking, obviously he's got the experience to step in where needed, but I think, you know, based on the the amount of time they signed him to and the dollar figure, I think they're really pushing for him to be that number one goalie that Ottawa's really lacked since Andy left. Yeah. Now, Tim
0: Stutzla, you might get the jersey this year. Are we setting the bar at ninety points again? Higher? Like what what what's the the ceiling you think for Timmy Superstar?
2: So we were at that final game in Buffalo last season. He got in his 90th points. So that was awesome. He couldn't quite get the 40 goals, but uh, yes. so I think he's, he's, he's definitely cracking the 40 goal mark this year. Um, I think he can hit hundred. I think he's going to be the first send player to hit hundred since. Was it uh, maybe Heatley? Yeah. That's a- Heatley,
0: and, Heatley and Alfie are the only, only guys to ever hit hundred points in, in history. Right. Heatley did in back-to-back years and uh, wait. So were you at the game in Buffalo? Not at the end of this last year, but the one the year before as well.
2: They ended it no, I by- met this one last year, Andy's final game, right?
0: Right, right. totally. Because I was going to say the year before, it was they were trying to get Brady 30, and it was the most right. obvious thing of all time. It was so funny right. them trying to tee him up, but hey, that's a special moment though. With, with Craig Anderson being out there, like, was it uh, was it noticeable even among Sabres fans that they were saluting him in what ultimately was his final game?
2: Oh, uh, yeah, that was a really nice moment. Both Sens and Sabres fans were giving a huge standing, oh, at the end, you know, just together, both recognizing how much he meant to uh, to our respective franchises. Really how curious. would you
0: want him to be remembered as a senator? Are you a ring of honor guy? Are you a Jersey retirement guy?
2: <sighs> Not Jersey. I don't know about Jersey retirement. That's a, that's a high bar to clear, but a uh, ring of honor for sure. I think he deserves
0: it. Jacob Wolpert, really appreciate yeah. you joining us. Everyone go give him a follow. Espresso Rail on Twitter. We got to pump those numbers, Jacob. Let's go. It's a new season. Yeah. Let's get after it. Really appreciate you coming on the show and looking forward to doing this again in the future.
2: Thanks guys. Appreciate the time. Go Sons. Go.
0: Bomb. go. <laughs> All right. Stick taps to Jacob for joining us. Really fun conversation. Hope you enjoy that and go give him a follow as well on social media. All right, Pillsy, any final thoughts on
1: today's show? Final thoughts for me is I can't wait. To get more released goalie gear. We saw Anton Forsberg's new helmet. We're not we're not showing it on the show and breaking it down yet. We want to wait for more helmets to come through. We have the exclusive rights to be releasing Mad Sogard's helmet when it comes through. We're waiting on that. And then we did get a tease, like Ross mentioned. Uh Otten Bothered on Twitter posted a video of Corpus Sallows shimmering shining sparkling gold uh cage that's going to be added to his mass so can't wait to see what he comes up with as well i mean you sign a five-year deal you better invest in a pretty sweet uh, setup for that team
0: oh yeah it better be looking sharp here look good feel good play good and that's how we're gonna lead into next week where we have the final three tiers pilsey coming up in our organizational value rankings each team is slowly trickling out their rookie tournament lineup. So we'll have that to discuss and debate and what, whether or not you know guys are going to play one, two, or three games. Because we saw last year Jake Sanderson went and played five minutes. They're like, yeah, you're too good for this. Don't need, uh, don't need those clowns in Montreal running you around and you know trying to take your head off at this tournament. So him and Pinto only played one of the three games. Is that going to be similar for other guys this year? We'll have those discussions and more next week. And then once rookie tournament's done, we are going heavy on the biggest questions facing the Ottawa Senators. We're gonna get into the um, we're gonna get into some hot takes going out, perfect scenarios. And I mean the black cloud hanging over all this is will Shane Pinto be in the lineup not only on opening night, Pilsy, on opening preseason night, get this guy at training camp. Yeah. I don't want him getting on the treadmill when things are going 100 miles an hour. I want him to be able to settle into his role and be in a proper position this year. Not in the top six, right there on the third line in an important role. So let us know your comments as we head into the weekend. If you missed any of the show, we've obviously got a full plethora of activity coming. And yes, Pilsy will be the reigning Ring of Honor champion as we go into Sunday's Ring of Honor. It's going to be a fun one, so stay tuned for that and more. For today, we say goodbye. Have a great weekend. We'll chat with you on Sunday. For Brandon Piller, I'm Ross Levitan. This has been the Locked On Senators Podcast, your team
2: every day.